Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, happy Monday afternoon. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You've made it to episode 11. I'm grateful to you. Thanks for tuning back in. Uh, we have a, a, a great show today. We're going to cover a lot of ground. Unfortunately, though, there was some heartbreak over the weekend, and we're going to have to touch on that. We're going to talk about some of the heroism uh, that we saw on display in a place of worship and in the home of a rabbi. Uh, and I want to invite you to, to learn two names today. Commit them to memory. Uh, those are the names of Jack Wilson and Joseph Gluck. I'm going to repeat them. Jack Wilson and Joseph Gluck. Those are uh, two of the, there are many folks that came together to bring the evil to an end that faced a Jewish community in New York this weekend, as well as a a group of Christians in Texas. Uh, Well, Jack Wilson and Joseph Gluck, I'm going to tell you their stories today. Uh, Let me first read you, though, real quickly uh, from the Facebook of Jack Wilson. And we'll get into the details of these stories as the as the show goes on. But I want to start with the words of Jack Wilson. He says, I just want to thank all who have sent their prayers and comments on the events of today. The events at West Freeway Church of Christ put me in a position that I would hope no one would have to be in. But evil exists, and I had to take out an active shooter in church. I'm thankful to God that I have been blessed with the ability and desire to serve him in the role of head of security at the church. I am very sad in the loss of two dear friends and brothers in Christ. But evil does exist in this world, and I and other members are not going to allow evil to succeed. Please pray for all the members and their families in this time. Thank you for your prayers and understanding. He said uh, uh, on two occasions there in his posting that evil does exist, but that he and other members are not going to allow evil to succeed. He asked for prayers for those other members and all their families. Uh, This is the story that you've heard coming out of uh, White Settlement, Texas. It's just west of Fort Worth. It was a church service in the middle of communion uh, when a man stood up and confronted one of the members of that church, pulled out a shotgun and opened fire. Six seconds later, the threat was neutralized. Our first hero of the day, Jack Wilson, he, a long time ago, he owned and operated a, uh, a shooting range. Uh, on point, if I remember correctly. I may be wrong, but uh, what is correct is that he owned and operated a, a shooting range, and there was some tactical training that he would do there. He's also a local politician of sorts out there. He's in the midst of a, a county commissioner's race, wants to represent Precinct 3 out there in the area uh, where he lives uh, in a near White Settlement, Texas. Well, yesterday... As communion was being passed around in uh, church services while he was there with his neighbors, he uh, heard and saw uh, evil. 
And he stood up, and in six seconds, he pulled out his handgun. It was a Sig Sauer, one of those uh, 229s. Uh, he pulled it out, uh, aimed it, and in one shot uh, ended uh, the life of the evildoer. That evildoer ultimately ended up taking the lives of two members of that congregation. Uh, but uh, Mr. Jack Wilson, along with another man working security for the church, they were able to neutralize the threat posed by this individual. Now, again, like I said, we're going to speak uh, later on to Jim Ryan. He's in Dallas. He's an ABC News correspondent. He has uh, many more of the details on this story. Uh, but uh, but I wanted to start uh, by letting you know uh, that where evil does occasionally exist, there is also goodness and strength to swat it down. Jack Wilson did so in Texas. Uh, later on, we're going to talk about Joseph Gluck. He was a gentleman who went to his rabbi's home uh, on the seventh night of Hanukkah to light a candle. And in the midst of that celebration, a man burst in the door with a a machete-type weapon and started swinging. He ended up injuring pretty significantly five people. Some others were hurt. And uh, Joseph Gluck, when he heard the commotion, he uh, was heading towards the door. He ran around the house, and instead of continuing to flee away, he turned back inside the house. He saw one of his injured brothers on the ground. He said, come on, let's go, get up. And his injured friend there said, I'm bleeding, I'm, I, can't, I can't do it. So Joseph Gluck, he charged inside the house back towards the man wielding a knife. He picked up a coffee table. He picked up a coffee table and broke it over the face of the bad guy. A man with the machete, he ran outside the house, uh, ran towards the synagogue there next door, tried the door, it was locked. He tried another door, it was locked. Uh, Joseph Gluck wasn't over, though. His job wasn't done. He hadn't done all he could do to put down that evil. What he did was he chased uh, the bad guy. And he saw him get into a car, a Nissan, and he took note of the license plate. He immediately called 911. Uh, the police took note, uh, and they pulled over the car, and without incident, uh, the evildoer in that instance in New York uh, was apprehended. Two stories, two heroes. There are many other heroes in these two stories, uh, but as we know, the details of these two individuals, I wanted to highlight them. We're going to get into it later on. Uh, again, we're going to talk to Jim Ryan with ABC News. He's going to give us some of the details from Texas. We're also going to talk to uh, Jay Jacobson, uh, the chair of the United Jewish Federation of Utah and the task force on anti-Semitism. We have, in addition to the attack uh, the other night in New York, we've heard of a number of other uh, acts of violence perpetrated against uh, Jews in that area. Uh, the mayor and the governor of that state talk about an uptick in these types of crimes. So we're going to speak to uh, Mr. Jacobson here and see if there's anything similar uh, taking place here in Utah and if there are any things that we can do uh, as a community uh, at large and also uh, amongst the Jewish community uh, to stop or at least protect against any such threats like that. So he, Jay Jacobson will be our guest. Looking forward to that conversation. Now, those are the, the those are the, the heavy-hitting issues, and I know on a Monday morning, a few days before New Year's, it's tough uh, uh, to, to hear a radio program starting with, uh, with all of those uh, tragic stories. I did point out the goodness in the midst of them, but, uh, but they are heavy nonetheless. Uh, we are going to lighten things up later on in the program. If you go to the KSL News Radio Facebook page right now, there's an interesting question, and it is this. Uh, and in full disclosure, here's what happened. This morning, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I saw that our, our partners on the television side, 
side, they uh, put up a Facebook post and they said, hey, do you think that cursive should be a skill taught to our students today? And I said, oh my gosh, that's a great question. And I, I typically don't respond to this like viral stuff, but man, they had just posted the question and there were hundreds and hundreds of comments, all of them fascinating. And so I thought, you know what, for our program, we, we had asked the same question. So if you go on to the KSL News Radio Facebook page, you'll see the question asked, uh, something along the lines of, do you think uh, cursive should still be taught in schools? I'd like to uh, take some of those responses of yours, uh, read them on the program and just see where we stand and where we fall on that. You can also weigh in on that topic and any issue of the day on the Utah Community Credit Union Facebook, or I'm sorry, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. The number for that is 57500. I'd love to hear what you think on this cursive issue. Uh, we have also made a phone call to a Wisconsin representative. Now, I know you, sometimes when you hear segments, uh, we call them teased, so we you know, talk forward and try to get you enticed and excited about something we're going to do in the future. That's so you keep listening. Uh, hopefully, you will keep listening, and it's uh, because of this tease. Uh, Wisconsin Representative uh, Jeremy Thiesfeld. Now, why, why have I reached out to this gentleman? He, uh, not too long ago, introduced a piece of legislation in Wisconsin. Uh, which would mandate uh, that all elementary school students be uh, exposed to a cursive curriculum, that cursive be taught in the schools. Now, I thought, well, that's crazy. Oh, my gosh, how can that be? And then I did some clicking and clacking around on the computer here, made my way over to the, the state school board website, and I found that, in fact, here in Utah, uh, it, that appears to be a requirement as well. Anyway, I'm interested in hearing uh, the two different sides of this. Once we get into it, I'll share what I think. Uh, and uh, let me just say, I think half of you are going to agree. The other half are going to say, how dare you, you, you long, young little whippersnapper and your technology. How dare you turn your back? Well, I, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give my, my views uh, quite yet away. Anyway, cursive, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down. I'd love to hear what you have to think about it. Also, a, a number of other things, this tax reform deal, uh, that continues the, the effort uh, to gather signatures to get this issue on the ballot in November. That continues. We're going to speak to former Representative Fred Cox about that. So just get an update, see how he's doing, and also give him an opportunity to make his case uh, uh, to, to you folks. We also, on the other side of that coin, are going to speak to Rusty Cannon. He's the vice president of the Utah Taxpayers Association. They have a big list of like misconceptions they claim uh, are being uh, passed around regarding this tax tax reform. So as we get closer to this legislative session in January, uh, we're going to look at both sides of this issue uh, and see how things shape up. Uh, I mentioned cursive. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. UDOT's got a program deals with road usage charge. It's kind of a, a program uh, handed down by the legislature and it's to see if if there's uh, good technology and good uh, willingness to create a program which would uh, tax or charge a fee rather per mile uh, for your uh, high efficiency vehicles. We're going to get into the details of that. Tiffany Pollock from, or Pocock rather from uh, UDOT is going to join us. Looking forward to that conversation. That's going to be all here on episode 11 of Live Mike. I had a great weekend. If we find some time uh, later Around, I'll tell you about some of the things uh, I've been doing uh, around town. I started running again, so I'm looking for uh, some good running routes, uh, some good running advice, uh, and, and maybe some races. I'm going to try to put together my my season of running, and if you have uh, any suggestions on that front, I'd love to hear about it. But that's all coming up on today's program. Uh, in, in the next segment, sorry, real quickly, we're going to talk about the museum. If you've ever been to, if you've ever been to New York City, or I'm sorry, Washington D.C., uh, and you've been scrolling through the to-do list. Uh, one of the museums called the Newseum uh, that may or may not have been on your list. Well, if it is, you've only got about two days to, to check it out because they're closing. And if I'm honest, 
I'm not too broken up about it. I'll tell you about that why next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.